Hi, this is Jack O'Brien, digital editor at MM&M. I'm very excited to be a part of this episode of the A100 Storycast, Storycast, a new podcast series which gives members of the MM&M Agency 100 list an opportunity to expound on what sets them apart. In this episode, we are focusing on view health. Today, we will be discussing the COVID-19 pandemic and its impact on healthcare marketing with Katherine Wilson. CEO and managing partner of View Health. Catherine, welcome. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. The first question I wanted to start with is when you started View Health, what problem were you trying to solve in healthcare? So I think a lot of um, what what kind of kicked off View is I have worked in the pharmaceutical um, healthcare wellness space and on the advertising marketing side for a long time. And a lot of what I, I saw was happening was a step and repeat process where, okay, we're going to launch a drug. We're going to do these this playbook worth of things, and then we're going to call that done and go to the next thing. And it became very formulaic. And I felt like it was stagnating the marketplace some, and I felt like doctors were not as receptive to hearing the message because it was just that step and repeat process. So I wanted to flip it over a little bit and really think about how we could take communication that's meant to inform and educate and elevate it above some of those standard practices so that it actually had an impact and, and, um, had influence. And, you know, it doesn't mean that we don't do um, the the standard tried and true things. They're an important part and the important backbone to um, the brands that we work on. But we really do try to use a sixth sense approach and an experiential approach and, and a, a way of, of really elevating that conversation so that the message resonates and therefore patients are are able to get a better health outcome. It's interesting to hear you talk about kind of the different challenges that come along with the brands you work with. I'm curious what you've learned in going through those processes, because I'm sure that each problem is unique, but maybe there are some universal themes or similarities between them. Prior to COVID, I probably would have answered that question completely differently. But um, in this post-COVID world that we live in, um, I think when it started, we thought that things were going to be different for a little bit of time and then it would go back. And now I think we're all acknowledging and realizing that things have changed. and the pendulum isn't swinging backward. Um, we have things like telehealth um, at a forefront where, you know, doctors are seeing 50% of their patients virtually. We have um, no-see doctors and, and no-access doctors where reps can't even get in the building to see them because, you know, patients are immunocompromised and they don't want to add any extra people to the conversation that would, that would potentially bring in um, illness or disease. So the, the, changes that we're seeing are are both in technology and access, but also in this profound sense of stress and overworked, underappreciated uh, professionals who are, are doing their best and have been, I mean, I think that's the big thing, have been doing their best during this time where the rest of us were afraid, but home, they were on that front line. And, and so there's a fatigue that we're fighting. There's a there's a, a lack of appreciation that I think that they're feeling. I think there's an exhaustion that that just is going beyond what they typically felt. And then there's just information fatigue. It's everywhere and everyone, it seems, is a medical expert these days. It doesn't matter what, what news program you turn on. You have somebody telling you what you're supposed to think or believe. 
So I think doctors and physicians um, are even more so than they complained when when direct consumer advertising first came out. Even more so, they're complaining about patients coming in thinking they know the answers more than than the doctors do. Whether it's well, I can't take this vaccine because it's you know going to put you know, a, a tracker in my body or it's going to do, you know, some of the, these, these theories where they not only have to give their, their professional advice and recommendation, but they also have to elevate up above that and deal with some of the hoaxes that are going on and, and, and the lack of scientific knowledge and, and spend even more time and work even harder just to do their job. I'm so interested to hear more about that point because you talk about kind of the consumerism angle and for better or worse, it's definitely having an impact on healthcare. I'm curious if there are any sort of like broader themes or trends that you're following that maybe others in the industry should be paying attention to as they go forward. Well, you know, direct to consumer is is both a blessing and a curse. I think it's it's always great for someone to have access to information. I think it's always great for someone to be able to advocate for themselves, and I think that's really at the heart of where direct to consumer um, advertising came from. What unfortunately has happened, both due to regulation and and um, 30 seconds of commercial time or, or whatever the case may be is it's gotten watered down to stock images and, and, you know, people walking through fields and walking on beaches and it's not really communicating. So it's creating confusion. And one of the things that we're really looking at is how to get beyond that confusion, how to take any communication that's going direct to a consumer and making sure that it's truly distilled to them, for them, and in their lane. So taking into consideration their age, their ethnicity, their religious background, any of the things that influence who they are and what they may believe, and elevating the conversation so that it's bringing those pieces into that. Um, Because healthcare doesn't happen in a vacuum. Nobody walks up to you and says, hi, I'm diabetes. They say, no, hi, I'm John. And you may have diabetes, but John is John and John doesn't think about his diabetes unless he has to deal with it or address it or or handle something. And so we really want to to talk to John. We don't want to talk to diabetic John. We want to talk to John. And and um and that's something over the last year to two years I've really been working very hard on using third party data, proprietary first party data, and really getting to know the people that we're talking to so that we're not doing silly things like, oh, well, the Hispanic market is important to this brand. So let's take this piece that we did and translate it to Spanish, put a Hispanic person on the cover and call that handled. It's, it's not handled. That doesn't handle it. That that puts a Band-Aid on something and yeah, they can read it, but but does it mean anything? Does it resonate? Does it just create more confusion? Does it does it fly in the face of a cultural or religious belief that they have that they won't be that message won't be able to land? And if so, what are we doing to get beyond that to address those concerns so that the health outcome, which is ultimately what I'm always thinking about, can be um, can can be driven to a better place? It's so interesting to hear you talk about that point and, and kind of the adapting to changing expectations and changing uh, consumer preferences. I'm curious if there are any other sort of changes, whether they be from the pandemic or even over the past few years that your company has faced and maybe some of the strategies or solutions that you found to be most effective in overcoming those obstacles. 
I think one of the other big things that we're seeing, and you know, there's a million micro changes, and I those I won't really get into. But some of the big ones we have consumers and, and talking to them, we have peer to peer. That's that's something that we struggle. Doctors rely very heavily on learning from their peers, but in this pandemic world dinner programs and and peer to peer programs essentially disappeared everyone had zoom fatigue so they weren't logging in to you know listen to a zoom talk about 15 slides that were approved by some pharma company and congresses went virtual so there was just that lack of there was a lot of talking there was a lot of writing there was a lot of research there was a lot of publishing but there wasn't a lot of that reverse peer discussion and, you know, we saw it even, you know, going back this this past uh, month to ASCO, we saw the disconnect between KOLs and community-based physicians and how things had moved on, but the the world hadn't moved on with it because it was just that lack of connection. And 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 I think it's it's interesting how much doctors rely on the experience of their peers to know, well, I haven't done this, but I know someone who did, so I feel comfortable taking this route or going this direction more so than I would if a rep came in or I read an article and, you know, a peer-reviewed article even. It, it's just different to know a person who did it. And that's a big thing we're seeing, and we're, we're really working hard and working with our partners to figure out how to elevate peer-to-peer discussions so that they become accessible again. That all of this new regulation, you can't have certain dinners, you can't have alcohol, you can't have this, you can't have that. Like, There's so many things now that you can't do that make these dinner programs less and less desirable after a doctor has just worked 12 or 14 hours in a day to go and get this education. So how can we, how can we bring that up? And, and so we're working really hard on that. We have um, a couple of pilot programs running right now that, that are kind of set to address those, those questions and, and hopefully come up with some answers. I think isn't it the phrase that's uh, regulation or restriction breeds innovation. I think it's, it's similar along that same line where it's like, we can't do this, but we're going to be creative in our own way to try and get around and get to the solution that we're looking for. Yeah, I mean, it, knowing how important it is, and 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 I don't even know that we knew how important it was until it got stripped away through COVID. Mm-hmm. And when once it went away, we realized there's really something there that needs to be addressed, and we have to make this so that it's equitable for people that they want to do it, that it's not a burden, it doesn't become another thing on their to do list that's like, oh, I got to do that, you know. And we don't want that. We want the information that we're bringing them, the information that's that's elevating health outcomes for folks. We want that to be interesting to them. So how, how can we, how can we do that? And that's really the big question that we're trying to solve. And, and, um, you know, we're hoping to get some really good answers to that. I've definitely enjoyed our conversation thus far. And I have a few more questions that I want to get your insights on one of them being in this kind of a self-reflective question. When you look at your agency as a whole, what are some of the best resources or services that you think you give your clients? Uh, well, when I when I think about it, I, I mean, I'm always looking at innovation. I know, you know, I've been in this industry 25 years. I know the the blocking and tackling and the the things that everybody does, and they're fine. Um, but my mind and where my head always goes is the world is changing faster than we can keep up. How am I t- trying to stay two steps ahead of that? How am I going beyond? where everyone is to think about tomorrow's problems. So I'm already solving them in advance of that. Um, and that's 
really at the heart of everything we do. I have View Health, which was designed to really be a um, a true strategic partner and full service agency that elevates ab- above and beyond traditional pharma marketing. But then I also have Latitude Health and Point Health. Latitude Health being um, a multicultural company that really does take into account um, third party and first party proprietary data, um, leveraging that, accessing uh, different uh, vehicles so that we can put together insights that are going to help to drive communication to certain key um, populations. And then Point Health is um, what I was mentioning when I was talking about the peer-to-peer programming and how we're going to elevate beyond there. And those are the things that get me out of bed in the morning. Those are the things that really excite me and that really get our clients excited because it's doing something different that drives to a better outcome. And it's fully vetted by us, but it's thinking beyond where they're currently talking. And that's, that's, you know, what they can count on us for. That, that passion definitely comes through in terms of your thinking and your execution. So I appreciate you being able to detail that. And I, like I said, I've really enjoyed this conversation. This is going to be our final question here is when you look into the future, and I'm not asking you to become Nostradamus or pull out a crystal ball, but are you optimistic? Are you pessimistic? Are you somewhere in between as it relates to, you know, where the industry is heading? I think um, I'm always optimistic where, there is science and where there is innovation, there will be exciting new outcomes. And that's, that's really something that we should look to and, and be excited about. Um, what I think is happening, the shifts that I think that are happening are going to cause short-term problems for long-term gains. I'm optimistic that because of what we learned through COVID, because we were able to get something through an FDA approval process so quickly, because we were able to roll out a a large scale national and global initiative to get people protected and safe, because we were able to figure out that mass communication that talks in all to all segments by all segments and really leveraging and pushing and pulling. Anyone who was paying attention learned and just had a master class in how to get things done in this industry. And we would be foolish not to really dive into that, learn from it, figure out what there is to know, and continue to pull on those things because there is so much opportunity. There was so much research happening during the COVID pandemic that is going to revolutionize, in my opinion, the way that we're treating certain things, particularly like in oncology and some of the rare diseases. And um, and I'm tremendously excited and optimistic about it. Catherine, I've definitely appreciated this conversation and you being open with our audience and sharing what's worked at View Health and your experience going through COVID and working through the changing expectations with consumers and giving your outlook for the future. And certainly we appreciate you being on the show here and hope to have you back for another conversation somewhere down the line. Great. Thanks so much. This was fun. 